You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, winner of the Share Care Emmy Award for Social Storytelling and the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today we're going to be talking about your PRs. Your PRs, we're talking about your personal records, your one rep max, or something else, right? So this is not necessarily one rep max, and we're going to talk about it because I think that everybody should have a PR chart. And so what I do is that in my notes app is where I write down everybody's workout and I can find their workouts. And, you know, that way it's easy. People want to know what we did last week and they may be a little too sore here. And I can go and I look it up and I'm like, oh, that's because we did this. That makes sense to me. But as we go through it and somebody wants to know, well, what was, how much have I lifted before? And if you don't know the most that they've lifted, we can't track that. Now, if you're also looking for weightlifting progress, then you can't track it unless you know, unless you have a chart. So for all of the clients, what I do is there's a PR chart. And so it's easiest if you do this at, uh, like me, you'll create uh, a note on your, I have, I have an iPhone. So I have a notes app on my phone in the notes app. And here, I mean, for those of you, I don't know, you can see there's my ring light. That's mostly what you can see, but there is a, there's a place on the app where you can create a grid and I like to create a grid. And then on that grid, I've got several things. So the first one on the grid is resistance training exercises. Uh, and that's at the top corner. So in the top left corner, resistance exercise is listed. And then on the top, it's going to go over and it's going to say one rep max, weight, and date. So there's a one rep max weight and the date that it was done. But then the next column is going to be a five rep max. Then there's a 10 rep max. And then there's a 15 rep max because not everybody's going to do a big one rep max for every single lift. I've got some people that will do one rep maxes for lower body, but they've got some shoulder issues in the upper body. So we're not going to do a one rep max on a bench press. However, I like to do this where there's a one rep max, a five rep max, a 10 rep max, and a 15 rep max, because it all kind of fits in between each phase of the model. The one rep max and five rep max are both max strength lifts, but obviously a one rep max is your ultimate max strength lift. The 10 rep max would be during your hypertrophy phase. You can still max out with 10 repetitions or what we refer to now as the muscular development phase in the CPT7. And then there's the endurance level, right? And so the 15 reps can fall in between that. Now, I'm not telling you to do what I do. I'm just saying this is what I do. You might say, all right, well, what about 25 reps? Cool. If you're doing higher endurance like that, 25 reps. Or if you've got specific exercises that you can get high reps on, then with that, you just put push-ups in your, in your PR chart and then the number of push-ups that they maxed out at. So you did 55 push-ups at a pop. Cool. That's your new PR. That's your new personal record. That's your new max. You did 55 push-ups. So you could put that down. So I'm just giving you a little information about what I do and the, the charts that I set up. So there's the exercise chart. Now, 
for the exercises, I have several different versions. Now, there are some kind of major lifts that people generally do. So I've got some variations on all of these, but they're still pretty much the major lifts. So there's a barbell squat. I do not have a, a, a dumbbell squat listed, but I would be totally fine. If you want to do dumbbell squats, you want to put goblet squats in there. You want to put a kettlebell goblet squat. doesn't matter. Like you want a goblet squat, put that in there and then get your PR for your goblet squats. But this is what I have. I've got barbell squats, barbell deadlift, hex bar deadlifts, and then in the upper body, bench press, dumbbell chest press. So bench press is with a barbell, dumbbell chest press, obviously a, a bench press with dumbbells. I have a lat pull. I've got chin-ups and pull-ups as two separate things because some people prefer one over the other. So whichever one they do, that's in there. And if I take these as my template and then I plug it in to, to what it is that they do, then I may just delete whichever one they don't do. So here's just the template. And then every time I go and start applying this to people, I can be like, all right, well, this person will never do a barbell squat because I can't load their back like that. This person will never do a barbell bench press because that irritates their shoulders. Uh, but then I have a, so we go from chin-ups to pull-ups to barbell shoulder press to dumbbell shoulder press. And through that, my list of exercises, there's the one rep max, the five rep, the 10 rep, and the 15 rep max. And so I can take the template, I copy it, and I paste it. And so let's say right here at the top where it says my PR chart template, then I will copy and I will put it underneath. And I separate them. So let's say I'll take Stuart for an example. Stuart, Stuart workout in my notes. And all of his workouts are listed right there in my notes. And then it'll say, Stuart's assessments, which is usually what we start out with. And those are all of his movement assessments. And then on a separate note, Stuart PR charts. So yes, the PR charts could go under the assessments, but I saved that really for kind of my initial movement assessment. So I can go back. You can put them on the same note. It doesn't really matter if they're on the same note or not. Uh, it's just a way that I am able to kind of set it up and make it make sense for me. And I can keep hold of that for my clients. But that's just resistance training. And some of you may be like, well, I really love doing uh, kettlebell swings for time. All right. You can do totally cool. I love doing Turkish get-ups. I do Turkish get-ups with kettlebells and with dumbbells. Cool. Put it in the PR chart. Here's my, my TGU with kettlebell. Here's a TGU with my uh, my dumbbells. And you can add those in. But creating the chart is really what I'm trying to get you to do. I'm not saying make sure your chart looks like mine. I am saying that it's very good to have a PR chart so that that way we can always go back and, and see, well, I didn't quite get what you got last time. Well, how do you know what I got last time? Well, I've got it in the PR chart. But that's for resistance training. What about cardio? And I know sometimes cardio and resistance training can, can, can be a little bit confusing. Now, I put cardio completely under something that is quantifiable with a machine. So and I might do jump rope, but I'll have people do jump rope, but I'm not PRing their jump rope because I'm not counting the number of jumps that they do. So my cardio has three different charts. I have a cardio for distance, a cardio for time, and a cardio for calories. Now, some people love using wattage. 
So you can also do a, uh, a PR chart for how many watts are produced. But here's an example. These are some of the exercise pieces that I have at my gym, and these are what I'll use. So I might do a, for distance, for distance, I will say a rower, 100 meters. So my question is, if I do a rower for 100 meters, I want to know how fast that gets done. So I put in a rower, 100 meters, and then I put in the time that they do and the date. And only if they beat that, only if they beat it, does a new piece of information go in the PR chart. So there's my assessment for a rower, 100 meters. I've got rower, 500 meters. I got a rower for 2,000 meters. I do the same thing for the skier. 100 meters, 500 meters, 2,000 meters. I don't do more than that because that honestly, if you can do it on your own, do that. But I'm not going to spend 5,000 meters worth of time. And we're not doing 25, 30 minutes at the gym for you to row. So I can do that. But you can do that on your own. 10,000 meters, not doing 50 minutes worth of, uh, of rowing during a workout session. Now, I'm not opposed to it. I just don't do that with my sessions. And then I have a bike. It's a Schwinn bike called an Airdyne. Some people have assault bikes, but it's the it's the one where the arms and the legs move at the same time. So what do you want to do? Do you want to meters on that? That one I generally do calories on. So let's get to the next one. We still have for time. So if I do time, one of my favorite tests that I do is called the Harvard Step Test. Harvard Step Test is done with a metronome. There's one step up onto a 20-inch box. That's just the standard. I got to be honest. If I have female clients uh, that are shorter than me, if you're as tall or taller than me, you're on a 20 inch box. But if you're shorter than I am, then I generally put it on an 18 inch box and I don't do the calculations for the Harvard step test at the end of five minutes, step up, step down, step up, step down. It's all on a metronome, 30 steps per minute. So it's 60 beats per minute up on one beat, down on another beat, up on one beat, down on another beat, always switching feet at the top. We do that for five minutes. All right, so five minutes. At the end of it, you sit down, rest for 30 seconds. Then for 30 seconds, I will take your heart rate. At the end of that, I put down your heart rate, and that is like how long does it take you to recover and what's your heart rate afterwards. That is the Harvard step test. And so I will put in how many beats per minute that you had at the end of the step test. But also for time, I've got rowers for 30 seconds, 60 seconds, and five minutes. 30 seconds and 60 seconds, I do that just because I have so many people do intervals, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, a minute on, a minute off, a minute on, 30 seconds off. And if you, during that time, you are going on that ski erg or on the rower, then, or the bike, or the, the, uh, treadmill, whatever it is that you've got going on, I'm going to then say, all right, how far, what is the distance that you did? So in 30 seconds, what is the meters that you got? What are the meters that you got in 60 seconds? How many meters did you end up going on your rowing machine? And then I can put that down. Then I have a skier, I've got the airdyne. And then the last one is going to be the, the cardio with calories. And so this has become real big in the last few years where you focus on the amount of exertion and whatever that tells you the calories are that you burned, then you can say, all right, well, I'm going to go for calories and I'm going to, I'm going to say, let's do 10 calories. Let's do 10 calories on the bike. 
let's go for 20 calories on the rower. And at the end of that, you say, okay, well, you hit the 10 calorie mark right at this time. And you just track that, right? So I want to know how many calories. My goal isn't how many calories do I get in time here? My goal is this is the calories we're aiming for. How long did it take to get there? And you can go either way, which is why I put in multiple charts. Are you going calorie, uh, cardio for calories, cardio for distance, or cardio for time? And then you just make your charts and you create a template. You put the template in your notes. And for every client you have, you copy the templates, you plug it in and you say, Alex, here, boom, Alex's PR chart, Timothy's PR chart, Ginger's PR chart. And if you got a PR chart for everything and at the end of it, you might only be like, oh, well, we only do about two or three of these. We never do one rep max. We only do five rep max or only 10 or only 15 rep maxes. That's why I put those in there. I put those in there because you're not going to have everybody do a one rep max. It doesn't make sense for everybody, but everybody can do 10 to 15 repetitions. So a 10 rep max and a 15 rep max, you're able to squat 135 pounds for 10 repetitions. And that way I can see that and I can judge that and see if it's done well. Here's the other thing. When you do things, and this is where I got to talk to the client a lot, is that we have to create standards, right? So if I'm doing a deadlift or squat, if I'm doing a deadlift or a squat, as the weight gets heavier, the range of motion tends to get much smaller. <laughs> so... If you're doing a one rep max or any rep max, you have to put standards on there because you can keep raising the weight and they can keep doing the same amount of repetitions because they're limiting their range of motion. So initially what I might do is I might have them say, all right, well, I want you to squat where your thighs are parallel, right? So that's just what, what my tendency is. And what I'll do is I'll take, do you know the old steps with the with the little risers, like the, the old step classes? Well, they still sell those steps with risers. And what that does is it gives me two-inch increments to give to people. So if they can squat down, um, 18 inches is really high. That's the same amount as a standard bench. So they squat to a bench. That's fantastic. But can I then take it down? And I'll put in there, this is, they drop down to... Um, five rise a step with five risers so a step with five risers might be i think it's 12 inches so it's a it's a 12 inch squat so their butt is touching the riser and coming back up so i'm i'm seeing that and if they don't touch it's like those weightlifting competitions if you don't touch you don't score it doesn't count same thing like think about lat pull downs and how messy those can be uh and I'm not talking about this like a kipping pull-up. I'm not as concerned about that. I'm talking about when people are doing a lat pull-down and instead of strictly pulling down, they lean back, they pull, and then they sit up really fast to try to, to try to catch up to the weight. So they could go, look, it's it's below my chin or it touched my sternum, whatever it is that you're cueing that they do. So if that's the case, you gotta be like, hey, there's no rocking. Uh, I'm going to cue that. I'm going to limit that. You can't lean back. We're doing lat pull downs. We're not leaning back and doing rows. So you have to be honest with those standards. With the push ups, what are your standards for the push up? Mine, depending on who you are, if you're good at push ups, 
your chest has to touch the ground every single time you do it. If you're good at push-ups, you got to do that. If you're working on your push-ups, then I might put a yoga block underneath your chest. You got to touch the yoga block before you come back up. But you got to straighten your arms out. You can't just do these little half pumps up and then lower back down. So you're going to have standards. And then your PR chart will always make sense. You don't have to put in the caveats of, oh, they did nine and three quarters. You mean they did nine. And uh, if you want to make them feel better, you can say, well, I was nine and three quarters, but I can't give you 10. Um, when you write it down, I would I'd put in nine. Because if you put in 10 and they get 10 again and they go, oh, man, that was awesome. And you're like, no, you did that last time. That's not awesome. Awesome is the progress, not the story that you tell of progress that you didn't achieve. So let's look at the idea of creating uh, a PR chart for your clients. And again, it doesn't have to be a one rep max. You don't have to put that work on people. It doesn't need to be that. It can be that. But just like I said with mine, I've got a one rep max, a five rep, a 10 rep, and a 15. And sometimes on the way to the one rep max, we'll get a five rep max. That's pretty cool, right? Then I can write that down and say, hey, we ticked off two today. I might also say, hey, you did a five rep max. And so that's really going to do detriment to your one rep max. So a lot of times when people are warming up and prepare for a, a one rep max lift, then I'll have them do really lightweight for 10, another lightweight for 10, another lightweight, but it's starting to get heavier. And then I'll say, do five and stop. And then we'll add more weight and it's getting heavy now and do five and stop. And then we'll say, okay, give me, if you can do five, do five. If you can think you can do four, only do two right? Because I'm not trying to get the most out of your lift right now. Give me that for your one rep maxes. And then we get to the one rep max, big lift, see if we can get two out, good, big lift again, see if we can get one out, let's add some weight, see if we can get one again. Let's add a little bit of weight, see if we can get one again. Let's add a little bit of weight, didn't work. I guess the last one, I guess it's the previous one. That is your one rep max. And we note it and we put it in the chart and we can track progress. All right. It makes your training with life a little bit easier too, because every single week, it, once you move them, and I generally do linear periodization through one time until I can undulate, and I undulate them the rest of our training protocol. It's always undulating periodization, and every week there's a one uh, one PR that we're going to go for, and I'll give them whether that's an upper body or a lower body, but I'll let them pick the poison that they want to go into. They want to do deadlifts. They want to do the hex bar. Uh, they want to do barbell squats. They get to choose. And if they choose the same one too much, I'll be like, hey, it's been a minute since we've done uh, barbell deadlifts. And then they'll go, all right, fine, fine, fine. Anyway, uh, y'all, I hope this helps. Take a moment out of your day and just sit down and start developing your PR charts for your clients. So don't do one for every single client. Do one for every single client. So do one template and then fill it out the way that you think that you might set it up. And then you can plug it into every person's notes. You got a note for what it is they do, part of their program. And then you can say, all right, these are the ones I'm going to remove because this person will never do them. And we're going to keep these. And that's what we're going to go after. And we're going to work towards. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, share with your fitness friends and family. And if you have the time and the inkling to do so, 
whatever platform you listen to uh, this podcast on, can you go onto that platform and give some feedback? So, you know, give us a five-star review. Let us know in words what it is that the podcast means to you. And that means a lot for us, but it also helps with the search and that people can find the podcast as well. And so for doing that, those of you who have done it, thank you very much. Those of you who haven't yet, please consider doing so. If you want to, you can reach out to me directly. You can hit me up on Instagram at dr.rickritchie, or you can email me rick.ritchie at nasm.org. Oh, y'all keep inspiring people to fitness. Thanks for listening. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.